it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, 
explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter. Welcome again to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys. I am also the Senior Vice President of Commercial Strategy at Fetch Rewards, the mobile loyalty platform. I'm particularly intrigued by loyalty and the applications of first-party consumption data in the CPG retail industry. My co-host, he is an expert, a thought leader, a luminary in omni-channel commerce, and he's fascinated by retail media and digital marketing. Please welcome the fellow known as Shri. Shri, what's going on, brother? You can see I'm warming up for what is my favorite topic with our guest today, which I won't give away the plot yet. You will. But I'm thrilled that we're going to get into the weeds of my favorite topic, a.k.a. retail media, the fastest growing area in all of retail and CPG, purely from a dollar's perspective. So can't wait. Pleasure doing this week over week with you, man. Let's get ready to rumble. I tell you, Shreen, can I just mention people who are listening on the podcast can't see it, but I love your fashion sense today. That is one smart I like yours too. I know. We have got, it's almost like we're coordinated. This is awesome. Do you like the highlights between the color here and the color here? It does. It's a contrast. It's nice. It's true black and white, if you notice. A little bit of blue, like bleeding blue in between. You are a fashionista at heart, aren't you, Shrey? There you go, man. There you go. And I even got a little bit of red here. You've got a little bit there. Because Bluetooth doesn't cut it for recording. you got to have a wire. We've learned that the hard way, haven't we? All right, so before we get to our guest, Shri, I want to remind our audience that all of our content may be found by simply visiting cpgguys.com. We have a brand new website, all sorts of content that you can filter by topics like retail media, right? We have a merch store if you're desperate to have a CPG Guys t-shirt, or we always give those to our guests too. So one's coming your way, Claire. But we've got water bottles and all sorts of other things. Uh, It's just a fun place to learn more about and find the kind of content you're looking for. And if you're not already following us on LinkedIn, why not? You know, Sheree, we just crossed 15,000 followers. Can you believe that? Hey, 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 hey. When's the cake cutting ceremony? We've got to do that online. Uh, Well, maybe it's when we're together next. But uh, just open up your, your mobile app on your phone or if you're still using a desktop Go to LinkedIn.com and in the search box, type in CPG, guys. And when you get to our page, click the blue follow button. Then you're privy to everything that we do, like Tuesday's Retail Media Minute with Jeff Malmod or the Gildenberg Omnicommon on Thursdays, the Fresh Four on Sundays. So much great content there. And, Sri, you know what? There are two other things I want to talk about with respect to our content. We launched earlier this year the FMCG guys over in Europe with our friends Daniel Lafrain. They take our format and they just apply it to fast-moving consumer goods. And they talk to luminaries across the pond. So go to fmcgguys.com or search for FMCG Guys in your favorite podcast platform. And we just launched another podcast called The CBG Scoop with our friends Jennifer and Risa. And they take more snackable approaches, talking to all sorts of industry luminaries about what's kind of new and interesting in this space Uh, called CPG Retail. So those are both very fun. And lastly, I just want to make mention of the fact that we are so proud to be associated with the network of executive women now rebranded as Next Up, whose mission it is to promote gender equality in the workplace and advancing all women. It is a cause that Shri and I are 
very near to. If you want to learn more about this, go visit them at nextupisnow.org slash guys, and you can learn about all the events they have, how to participate, join, be a member, uh, and we love talking about that as well. So on to why we're here today. Today's episode is uh, increasingly my favorite topic, and certainly it's been Sheree's almost since day one. We're, of course, talking about retail media. And we are particularly happy to welcome a relatively new retail voice in this conversation. In November of last year, the Albertsons Companies announced the formation of Albertsons Media Collective to provide shopper-centric and engaging branded content to customers across Albertsons Digital Properties. Here to speak with wait, us. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Peter. Does your shirt actually say Albertsons Media Collective? Wait. Oh, my God. And yours so does mine it says the same thing how did that happen it was almost as if this merchandise just appeared on the doorstep one day shri this is this is just brilliant we love swag people everybody loves swag and we are no exception to that you know elena is now wondering what she did wrong not to get one of the cpg guys shirts oh uh, we got it we're gonna give away cpg guys swag at the end of this but let's get back on track shri back on focus here to speak with us about the audience design and performance measurement that underpins the media offerings at Albertsons Media Collective is the head of audience measurement and analytics. She has some bona fide, serious blue chip experience in this space. She worked at uh, a place I made a stop in my career, Dunhumby. She worked at Target and Ovative Group. Please join Shree and me in welcoming to the podcast, Claire Wyatt. Claire, welcome. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks, guys. You guys, you do look fabulous. That is great swag. We are stylish, if if nothing else. Uh, we're yeah. we're you know we're a bunch of stylish hacks, right, Shrey? Just a bunch of stylish hacks. You know, be careful, Claire. Next um, thing you know, we're uh, walking down the ramp at Fashion Week, which is in uh, October. <laughs> oh my God! Wouldn't that be great, Shrey? You and me, arm in arm, walking down. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but hey, Claire, before we get to the questions that we've prepared for you, uh, it would be great if you one could let our audience know if they want to learn more about Albertsons Media Collective, where they go online. And would you kind of give us a, a little bit of a brief overview of the 30,000 foot uh, view of what you do at Albertsons Media Collective? Yeah, for sure. So uh, probably makes a lot of sense if you want to go to our website. It is just albertsonsmediacollective.com. I would say we are most active on our LinkedIn page, so be sure to connect and follow us there. And then for my role specifically, it is sort of what it sounds. So I'm the head of audience measurement and analytics, which means that I'm really over what we view as kind of our two key value propositions. So our first party audience data, and then also our ability to do closed loop measurement and not to sort of bury the lead, but incrementality as well. All right. That's really wonderful. Thanks for that, Claire. And what we're going to do is in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode, like over 90% of the people listening to this on podcast are doing so on a mobile device. It's pretty easy. You don't have to write anything down. Just go to the episode, click on the liner notes that come with every episode, and you will find hyperlinks to Claire's LinkedIn profile and to Albertson's Media Collective website. So it makes it easy to just click and follow along as you're listening to the podcast and you can learn more about both Claire and the company. So with that in mind, why don't we get to the heart of the questions? Because Shri and I have prepared some grueling questions for you, Claire. We've got our 
big hot spotlight focused right on you. Where were you on the night of no no, that's sorry, that that's a different that's a different interrogation, Shri. We're we're all friends here. We're trying to learn more about your particular area at Albertson's Media Collective. Let's start by how you got to where you are. Can you give us a little brief background on your professional experience and really highlight stops or experiences where you developed key skills that prepared you for your current role? Yeah, for sure. So I started my career in finance, which was just a horrible, horrible place for me to start my career. It definitely um, was not where I was meant to be long term. But I think one of the things that has benefited me really for the rest of my career is having to do all of those analyses on companies, having to build out models, financial models, has given me a great understanding of how businesses work and how businesses drive revenue. So that is like the solid foundation to how I started my career, but pretty quickly realized that I needed to pivot. And so took kind of a dramatic 180 pivot uh, to digital marketing and had really the privilege of working at this amazing agency in Minneapolis. It's called Ovative Group. They do uh, digital marketing and measurement. And from that experience, what I share with people is that I feel like I really grew up in marketing measurement when it was at its infancy. So I was able to build out measurement solutions on a consultative basis for companies like Kohl's, Sleep Number, Levi's, United Healthcare, kind of covering the gamut of uh, retail into healthcare, just sort of all across the board which gave me a good understanding of different types of measurement. So when I was there, multi-touch attribution was becoming very popular, media mix modeling uh, or MMM, which we'll probably refer to later, is still sort of the bread and butter of a lot of places. And so got really deep into those types of methodologies. Also, um, it was very early on. So like looking at, you know, the horrible, horrible last click attribution methodologies as well. And from there, I sort of got my kind of career making job offer over at Target. So slightly pre-Roundell rebranding days was asked to go over and lead marketing measurement strategy for Roundell, which just felt like this amazing kind of career making move in order to, to do what I love, but then help build out a business. So while I was there, uh, we launched an attributed new guest analysis and attributed basket analysis, which was amazing. But I think one of the things that I realized I missed was leading teams. So I moved over to our analytics and reporting group. And as I was leaving there, I had a team of about 24 and we were owning a little over 60% of Roundell's business. And during that time, I was, I'm a little bit of a busy bee. So I was also getting my MBA part time at Kellogg, graduated Kellogg, did what every MBA feels like they have to do, and moved into consulting at Dunhunby for a very brief time. Um, and then pretty quickly, like within a couple of weeks after I was at Dunhunby, reconnected with Christy, who had been the president of Roundell as I was there. And she asked if I would come over and lead analytics at Albertson's Media Collective. And when Christy calls, like, you don't really think about it. You pick up the phone and you just do what she says. So now I'm at Albertson's Media Collective. And I think one of the things that's super exciting about my current role is that it is really the amalgamation of all of my previous business experience. So it's 
getting to do what I love, which is measurement. It's getting to be client focused and making sure that they are getting the reporting and performance metrics that they need. And then also making sure that we're leveraging our first party audience insights for all that they are worth. Claire, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. So I'm going to put brands on alert now. It appears that when Christy calls, brands have to be on alert and do what they say. Uh, how does that sound, Peter? Reasonable? Uh, Shri, when you call, I let it go to voicemail. Perfect, because I'm not Christy. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. I'm a CPG guy. I'm the other CPG guy. But the real question I have for you, Claire, is really, why is a bee called busy? Why do we say busy bee? Like, why not a busy ant? Just kidding. On a previous episode of this podcast, your colleague and friend to the show, Evan Hovorkar, described Albertson's Media Collective's portfolio of offerings as having late movers advantage, which I deeply personally believe in. As you thought, but ensuring that Albertson's Media Collective's targeting measurement platforms, etc., would be best in class amongst this now highly competitive retail media platforms. What were you seeking to deliver above and beyond to brands that they don't have? One of the things that I think about with late mover advantage, we sort of brush over that. But if you think about, you know, Boeing or Google or Apple, all of those companies had late mover advantage. They were not the first to market, but are now dominating their respective fields because they were really able to lean into the experiences of uh, pioneers in the space and build out something with lower cost and making fewer mistakes. So that's really what we're trying to do at Albertson's Media Collective. And if you think about, you know, Christy, Evan, myself, and then we have tons of other people on the team as well that all have previous RMN experience and have all really been at the ground level and built these kind of businesses before. And so I think we are all excited that we kind of get to do what was fun the first time again. Um... And one of the big things that we are really focusing on doing, which is just, it is not jazzy to talk about, it is not splashy to talk about, but it is so important, is getting our underlying data in order. So if you think about other uh, businesses or competitors that have been operating for a really long time in the market, they started with certain data foundations and now are having to fix all of those data foundations based on what is happening with the third-party cookie going away. I know we'll talk about this later, but the demand for incrementality, all of those things. And so what we have been able to do with the help of Cervanti, who is our just wonderful head of engineering, is be really thoughtful about how we are setting up our data from the beginning so we can build complex measurement and audience methodologies on top of that very structured, thoughtful data set. From a uh, measurement perspective, one of the things that we realized very quickly with launch is that brands just do not care about ROAS at all. It is there. Um, it is somewhat helpful sometimes, but what they want in the bread and butter is incrementality. And so our ability, I think, to come to market with an incrementality methodology that not only works, but that we are really proud of and very excited to bring to market and we feel like is best in class is super fun. And then lastly, just our audiences and first party data and being able to use those well, because realistically, no one knows our customer better than us. And so making sure that we are using that first party data to understand how our customers behave versus um, even looking at things like demographics. We've had a lot of people come here, discuss RMN. Claire White is not the first. 
but we've only had one RMN talk to us not once, twice about the fact that Roaz is so yesterday. So we need to create a jingle just for that. And and I can't figure out what it is. Is it a Snoop Dogg jingle, Peter, or something else? But I got to applaud Albertson's Media Collective for the second time coming on the show and saying the metric that matters, which we've preached here for over a year, is incrementality. Every dollar invested in retail media, is it driving something above and beyond just a click and pick that would have happened via store model anyway? So congratulations on that. Now, Claire, unfortunately, what that means is as the show develops, we're going to talk a lot about incrementality. You game for that? I'm ready. I was going to say unfortunately or fortunately. Whoa, 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 Peter. The stakes are like like going through the roof at oh, this stage, man. man. I got to have a jingle. We're going to have to sing a jingle for you. We'll come up with something. Is it is it Tupac or is it Notorious B.I.G.? Is it East Coast or West Coast? Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. Oh, God, now he got me started. <laughs> <laughs> you work on the jingle. I'll work on the next question, shall I, Shri? Let's go. Let's go. So, Claire, then let's double-click down on the targeting capabilities with Albertson's Media Collective. When creating audiences, how are brands able to leverage longitudinal purchasing behavior, and how can it be applied to omni-channel media activations? And really, where do you see the differentiation of Albertson's Media Collective versus your competitive set? Yeah. So, even talking about, like, in the previous question – And I would say this is true of all retail media networks. I don't think that makes us particularly unique, but we know our customer data better than anyone else. And so as we're thinking about growing our audience insights capabilities, what we are really lucky to have is some great internal research on our customers. So I think one of the things Evan talked about in his previous podcast is how we are nationally great, but locally strong. So we have all of these different banners. We are, we are hyper localized and all of our customers really behave differently at all of those different local levels. So we are, we are leveraging that internal research and um, even thinking through layering on uh, the way that our customers behave with their purchasing behavior. But ultimately I would say with our audience insights, we are just scratching the surface of what we are capable of doing and what we're sort of excited to launch in the coming couple months. You know, targeting obviously is a big deal. And again, we're going to jump into that a little bit more detail in a little bit, Claire. But I had a nice chat with Evan when he was here a couple months ago that ROAS alone, as you mentioned, is not meaningful for brands because you can actually game the system. I'm careful to use the words game the system by focusing on branded keywords only. And for brands, it's not meaningful for brands seeking to understand real incrementality, right? So let's jump into that space a little bit more, right? How is Albertson's Media Collective delivering meaningful ROI measurement for the investments that brands make in your assets? And how quickly are they able to get these insights mid-campaign, post-campaign? Like, what's the scoop here? Yeah, for sure. So I'm very passionate about this topic, but Obviously, I 100% agree with Evan. And so as we were thinking about what types of measurement we were going to market with, incrementality was a very key piece of that methodology. And what was really, really great and lucky for us is when I joined in January, I inherited a team and I have this wonderful woman on my team. Her name is Vinlay that had already been sort of pondering the incrementality issue uh, and how how we solve it. So we were able to hit the ground running even before our official launch, which was in March, 
with this methodology. And one of the things that we thought about as we were thinking about launching is there's really three different ways to run incrementality. So the first that uh, some of our competitors do is what is called a synthetic control group. So they're running, they're not necessarily doing a holdout group before the campaign. They are running media uh, and then post the campaign, they are looking back and seeing who didn't see media and comparing those two pieces. So as we think about that kind of a methodology, it's really, really highly scalable. But as we were looking at it, one of the things that we thought is that it's a little bit more theoretical and it's a little bit harder to explain if you are talking to the brand side and they have to go and explain it to their their higher ups. So we didn't necessarily want to go that route. Um, the second option is running PSA tests. So where you're doing an audience holdout group, you're serving media to about, say, 90 percent of the market, and then 10% of the market is getting a PSA ad or a personal service announcement. So say like, you know, do not smoke. Um, But the issue there is that you're technically wasting your media dollars on ads that are maybe for the good of humanity, but they're not really serving your end goal. And so the last kind of methodology that exists in the market is just pre-campaign audience holdout groups. And when we started talking to CPGs really are clients. What we realized is that that is the methodology that they prefer and that they do on their side. So not only could we figure out where we like, okay, we think we can figure out how to scale this, but it's also more precise and it's more believable. And as we're having conversations with clients, they're really excited about what that methodology is. And it is really what we say it is. So it is um, before the campaign, we are targeting specific audiences. Within those groups of audiences, we're holding out a certain set of customers. So we are creating a control group that is not seeing media. And then one of the other things that we're doing is we are controlling, we are doing random stratified sampling on that data so that we are making sure that the test and control groups are very similar in terms of the audiences that we're targeting. So they have about the same basket size, they're from the same geographic location, and they are generally from the same banners. Um, And then the one thing that we are also controlling for is seasonality through um, what we call a Bainesian time series analysis, which you can impress your friends in trivia by repeating that phrase. Um, But we are really looking at almost a predicted test to actually measure the lift of what we are doing from an incrementality perspective. So we we are super excited about this. I think when we have shown it to um, CPGs, our clients that we have, they get very excited about it as well. Because like I said before, it's generally the methodology that they're using internally. And so it's really easy to validate. That was a fun methodology geek conversation we just had. So, but though on the CPG guys, Claire, we have a rule here. When you drop a knowledge bomb that's new and is a phrase that, as you just did, you have to come back and decompose it just a tad for our audience, which tends to be everybody from branding, but also from selling, but also from supply chain or finance. Oh, yeah, man. Okay, so this actually happened to me in a meeting the other day where I get so excited and people got really stressed out by my explanation of incrementality. So really what it is, is if you're thinking of it's a group of 100 people that are in your audience, 90 people are seeing the ad, 10% are being held out to not see the ad. And then we are looking post the campaign, what 
if they all would have experienced the same sort of environment, what do we think those 10 people would have done? And then what they actually did. And sort of that difference is how we are measuring the lift. That's terrific. And that's very helpful. I want to remind our audience that we are speaking with Claire Wyatt, Head of Audiences, Measurement and Analytics at Albertsons Media Collective. Let's transition to some of the other ways that Albertsons can deliver retail media to brands. And I'm thinking particularly about some of the partnerships that your colleague Evan shared with us during his conversation. Uh, you've got third-party partners like the Trade Desk for programmatic offsite. You've got PackView for platform ad management. That's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, right, Claire? So how do you, in your role, ensure that measurement and analytics are consistent and meaningful for brands, regardless of which component of Albertson's Media Collective that they are using? So this goes a little overall to really what our, um, almost what our business strategy is. So there's managed service, which is a fairly traditional model for RMNs. But the other thing that we are hearing a lot from CPGs and brands, as they get more sophisticated, as they start working with agencies, as they hire in-house talent, they really just want hands-on keyboard. So they want these self-service options, which is why we were very quick to market with the Trade Desk Partnership. And one of the things that we are excited about that is unique for our space uh, within grocery is everything is within the Trade Desk platform. So you don't need to deal with us at all. You can activate media. Uh, you will eventually be able to also optimize against your sales data at Albertsons all within the Trade Desk platform. So it just makes it really efficient and it feels like it solves an, a need in the market right now. Awesome. I want to thank you first for the eloquent explanation you gave earlier about your um, sampling and control groups and how it's done um, from uh, increment to be able to measure incrementality. But I'm going to ask you now for samples of any creative ways that the Albertsons Media Collective is partnering with brands in performing marketing analysis to transform their media planning and investments. Right. So I think one of the things which might be a little bit of a um, maybe an old school answer, but I'm still passionate that this is a very smart way to measure media is the importance of media mix modeling. So one of the other problems that's happening sort of in the retail media network market is that we all have our own measurement. And none of them are really comparable against each other. So if you look at our measurement, it's going to be different than a Walmart Connects measurement. It's going to be different than a Roundell's measurement. And as a result, it's really hard to understand the performance of your retail media networks against each other. So one of the things that we are talking to our, our CPG clients about is how do we get our data in a really efficient, very quick way into your media mix models so you can view us um, on an apples-for-apples apples basis against all of those partners. Peter, don't you love that when we refer to something like late movers advantage, there's literally two things here which have been pet peeves in the industry over five years that are unsolved that Albertsons Media Collective is chasing. One is this absolute focus on incrementality, and the second is streamlining of metrics so that they're standard and not inventing yet another set of metrics confusing brands. Well done for that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the appropriate way to go because 
brands are spending an enormous amount of money on all sorts of different analytics approaches. And when you can align to something that as an organization they've adopted, the results that you're delivering will make sense to them and it will make it easier for them to decide that's a place where we want to invest because mm -hmm. we're getting the kind of measurement that is relevant to our business. So um, I would love for you to understand there's quite a number of people in our industry where this just has incredible relevance. What advice do you give to brands who are seeking to leverage really the full performance measurement services that your team delivers? And how do you measure your team's ability to deliver the service levels that you would expect uh, in a world-class retail media platform? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think one of the things that I feel very lucky about is that in a really quick period of time, we compiled together and I sort of collected just a really talented team. So they have a lot of expertise in retail media networks, a lot of media experience, a lot of retail experience, and they know really uh, how this space works, how performance works, what optimizations to do in order to maximize your performance. And so the first thing that I would say to especially people who are partnering with us, and hopefully we're already doing this without you even having to ask, is make sure that my team is on the call. So make sure that they are having conversations with you. They are presenting performance. They are presenting recommendations based on that performance because our job is to help all of these campaigns get better over time. And so I think one of the things that we are looking at as a business, because that is our goal, is if we are looking sort of at our collective incremental ROAS, that number should be increasing um, period over period, year over year. And so that is something that we are just on top of tracking internally to make sure that as a business, we are making the right, you know, we should be making individually right choices for the brands but then also the right choices for the business overall. You may have answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, which is you just said, make sure my team is on the call, but let's get into what happens when somebody brings your team in to the call. How does your specific team, I assume there are account teams for each brand, but how does your specific team support brands seeking to leverage the measurement offerings you've kind of referred to? And then what's next? Where are you looking to enhance your offerings in the near future? Yeah. So we have a couple different options of ways to engage. So like I was talking about earlier with managed service and self-service, one of the demands that we um, are hearing CBGs have is they want access to the data pretty immediately. So we have our hub, which has near real-time access to the data. So uh, CBGs, clients, agencies have hand-on keyboard access to media metrics and then, you know, plug your ears, but ROAS um, almost immediately after uh, a campaign launches and can do sort of self-service analysis there. But then post the campaign, my team is coming in and helping build out wrap reports for campaigns. So about three to four weeks post-campaign launch, if a wrap report doesn't include incrementality, we're able to provide that and can meet with the client and provide recommendations. If it does, it's just a little longer, hopefully not too much, but it is a four to five week turnaround. Um, but we still are really excited by the uh, speed to market there and how quickly we can come back with insights to help improve future campaign planning. 
I'd like to remind our audience that all of our content, you can find it on cpgguys.com. Maybe you haven't visited the site before. Maybe you haven't visited in a couple months. We got a really great site. We got a lot of tremendous content. You should check it out. You can sign up for our forthcoming newsletter. Uh, and of course, if you think that you have some thought leadership that can contribute to our community discussion, drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Maybe you can join us for a future podcast episode. And uh, if you go to cpgguys.com at the top, you'll see a link for ratings. Please do leave us a review and give us some feedback because it's very important to us. And of course, we are so grateful to the now over 15,000 followers we have on LinkedIn that you know, Shri, I think they like what we have to say and particularly what our guests have to say. And today would be no exception to that. Clara, we're really, uh, Shri and I are grateful that you came on. It was a real one-two punch between Evan kind of talking about the solutions and you really talking about the targeting and the measurement, kind of the underpinning of, of really what Albertson's Media Collective offers to brands that are seeking to invest in connecting with Albertson shoppers. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. So, Sri, uh, we touched on so many great things. I know I was tingling a couple of times when she talked about ROAS being uh, so passe. I I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, if you want to sum up what we've been able to do. So, Peter, I think you and I both knew walking into this episode, we're going to have a lot of fun because you have a badger who's actually worked as an equity analyst in the retail sector, not just an equity analyst at Arbor Capital Management, now dis decomposing metrics for us. So this is a winning formula. Couldn't have had a better marriage made in heaven to discuss incrementality. That allowed us the luxury of getting into late mover, the true meaning of late mover advantage. And I picked up three themes, right? One is really get geeky and take incrementality seriously. How long have you and I have been screaming on the show? ROAS is yesterday. It's like gone. It's yesterday's metric. It is not the metric to determine what the future of retail media's value should be. It is incrementality. So we started up top with that. Then we started moving on from acknowledging Roaz's history exact words to, and she was, I noticed that one of the most important virtues of a leader is giving credit to people. Twice on the show, you mentioned two different people who support you. I, I forgot the names, but you actually called it out. That's a great virtue of a leader. I wanted to make sure I point that out. But you were fearless, Claire, in getting into methodology. So you know that Shri is going to go back and listen to that methodology portion 18 times, and it's going to make the Instagram CPG clip cut as well as the TikTok clip cut. For those of you who don't know, the CPG guys actually have TikTok, Instagram, not just Instagram posts, but reels and stories every day as well. Betcha you didn't know that, Claire, that these old men are capable of that. Uh, but I love that you mentioned random stratified sampling to determine incrementality and you eloquently gave the definition of what that means my only question there for you claire which we didn't address in the 10 that we leave out is peter included in the 10 that we left out but then we jump to the fact that using the platform is easy because you're using out-of-the-box components of the self-service trade desk via the partnership that you have and then we got into metrics and the fact that they're not common across platforms, but that was number two of being a late mover advantage. From day one, you're striving for common metrics as opposed to creating another of five of your own. And then lastly, you closed it out with the desire, keen desire to improve metrics and what you put out there by offering, make sure my team is included. And um, very last, we talked about 
how measurement can be done near real time by providing access to the hub for your clients and for brands. So power packed episode, lots of data and detail in there for our listeners. And we look forward to welcoming you back, Claire, to um, the show maybe six months down the line when incrementality is taken on its own course. Come back here and tell us how um, Albertsons Media Collective's campaign on incrementality is gone. Yeah, welcome. So, Shri, thank you for never missing an opportunity to speak about Shri in the third person. And uh, he's there. I also, he's, he is there. And, I, you know, n- now I'm actually inspired by Claire's answering of Christie's call that I may not always send you to voicemail going forward. I, I'm, I will still do it occasionally, but I'll try and take your direct calls. She said you're in the 10 that was got left out. In the control and focus group. I'm in the holdout. Yeah, nice. the 10. Okay, well, that's good to know. So listen, in all seriousness, it was a great conversation. Learned a lot. And to our audience, we want to thank you for joining us. And we look forward to having you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.